Hello and welcome to Travel and Learn Goa podcast. My name is Nalini Elvin Souza and this is our first travel podcast. I'm so, so excited because our first guest is someone I met more than 10 years back in Goa. And that time he was traveling around the world and stopped in Goa. His name is João Oliveira. That was not the first and last time he traveled around the world. Whenever I go to his page, he's somewhere or the other, never in Portugal where he was born. That is why I thought he would be the right person to start this city on traveling. So now enough of blah, blah, blah. Let's meet João Oliveira. Olá, João. Olá, João. Olá, hello, olá. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. Most welcome. Thank you, thank you. I, I love, I love what you do and that's what I, I, I just thought this would be, I mean, other people have to know uh, your world, which is quite different from ours. But uh, before we start, I would like to, to ask you to introduce yourself to us so that our audience knows a little bit more than uh, what I already said. So can you do that, João? Thank you, yes, of course. But first, I want to also thank you for your invitation, as I said. Um, you also run a beautiful and incredible project since I've met you in Goa so many years ago. And it's a privilege to follow your work and to, um, and to see your activity in Goa, in Portugal, everywhere. So, first of all, I just want to tell you how honored I am by your invitation. As for myself, I'm just a Portuguese man. <laughs> 45 years old, I was born in Lisbon, I love my city <laughs> and um, so I, I studied like everyone else, I went to the university, when I finished I worked some time at the university, then I was for a while, for, a for some time in the corporate business and then one day I went around the world, there was 33 at that time and uh, that trip that was supposed to be one year turned out to be three, I started to work on... Uh, oh, wow. I started, started to work on uh, NGO, with NGOs and I worked with the, with the European Union project, with the Portuguese cooperation. I worked for the um, Minister of Health, uh, Danish Minister of Health in, in Guinea-Bissau. So I've been working a little bit uh, after this in, in this field and then one day I wanted to return to Portugal. That was uh, more than five years ago, around five years ago. And I started my own project and this project is Portuguese de Viagem, as you, as you said. And um, yeah, and now it's my life. It's <laughs> it's my life to to um, to to organize to take this uh, project and concept um, and to take uh, mostly uh, Portuguese people to the most incredible places in. So uh, I'm curious to know, João, what did you study in university? I studied to be a veterinarian. And uh, and I, really? I yep, and that's why when I when I decided to after going around the world decided to do something for the world most of my projects where which I worked had to do with health and with agriculture uh, because in in Portugal veterinarians actually are uh, uh, quite uh, responsible for the um, for the public health they have a, a determinant factor on on public health um, and uh, so I had the background. At the time, we, we actually, it was a long study, we studied everything, so when I decided to move on to 
as I said, after going around the world to do something about it, and I entered the NGO and the international cooperation world, I had the background. Um, the background because actually you actually need to intervene when it comes to um, agriculture for sustain sustainability, but also when it comes to health. Uh, ma many of the diseases that, that mm -hmm. are a problem for the world, like tuberculosis and so many others, are zoonoses, are diseases that start in animals or you also have in animals. And so the background and the, 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 the contribution of veterinary medicine is quite big. And actually that's why, how, I actually, how I actually entered that world. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> that's been my my uh, my story. But then now now Portuguese in Viaje is not is not based on um, humanitarian, it's not humanitarian organization. But the idea mm -hmm. the idea is to work with people who are. Um, uh, that I started with with countries where I actually had lived, and where I had worked and had good contacts. And we always work directly with people from these countries, with small, with entrepreneurs and families from these countries, who I am um, proud to work with, because I learn a lot with them, and I share a lot with them, and I'm and I'm proud that by by generating business for them, I'm actually supporting people who are reacting, mm. who are reacting to their. No, I'm, I'm, I'm João. I'm very curious to know, um, you, you started this uh, trip around the world, but um, how many languages uh, you knew when you started your first trip, eh, that Volta ao Mundo, around the world? Four. So I speak Portuguese, English, French, good French, good Spanish, not just the Portuguese, uh, Spanish kind of thing. No, I actually um, know good Spanish, French, English and Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And um, and when I was traveling around the world, one thing is very important when you travel is that you have to learn is that not to allow language to be a barrier. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people get obsessed with the language mm -hmm. and they don't. We humans, we communicate in many ways. Mm -hmm. We have strong ways of communicating by the eyes, by the hands, by the soul. And when I'm communicating with you and I'm not obsessed of understanding the sound of your voice and I'm just listening to you, to you, not just the sounds, listening to you, I can actually get a lot of information and I can get trust, I can get friendship, I can get hate, I can get fear, I can learn all of this. And so I actually believe that although, of course, with time, you start to, in a very basic and informal way, start to understand the expressions and the meanings of sentences and stuff like this. In the countries where I work, in Arabic and stuff like this, I don't learn these languages. I wish I could. I wish I had time. Maybe I should <laughs> learn more and I'm very curious to learn. But most of all, what I think is very important uh, for people who are very scared because they don't speak the local language or they don't speak English enough, is the idea that actually sometimes you just put that aside and you just try to learn and, and, and observe and absorb the, what the person is meaning to you. You don't need to, too many words and too many explanations to, to make a friendship or to um, trust someone or to understand something is wrong and, or to be polite or to be thankful. It's not about saying the right word. It's if you consider it you don't need to know how to say thank you in every language, but you can actually express that with your with your body language, with your with your soul, with your face, and it always works. 
so I do feel mm -hmm. that, uh, that this this more human language that's that's the main thing of course the others the other counts more for when you're organizing expeditions you have uh, legal issues you have uh, things to read things to prepare and of course it makes sense to, to it's, it's a good skill but um, as for traveling that should not stop you never the the because we do communicate 90% in other ways and not just the the spoken language can you, can you tell me more about before Portuguese in viaje? Uh, where, where this idea of uh, the around the world, the volta ao mundo started? When you, you, first you, start, you thought about one year, and uh, like you said, it became three years. I think that was the time when I met you, right? Yes, yes, yes. You met me on my first, uh, on, on this first going around yeah. the world. Um, the the idea of going around the world started because the I had the first year. The, yes. You met me on my first around the world trip on my first year. A um, few months, few months after I started, because India was uh, on that round the world tour, my second destination. But where the idea? Uh, when did you have this idea of going around the world? This was just after university, or when you decided to do this? I, I, I was I, at the time I was working at university in the corporate business. I was doing like everyone else so i would just use my holidays to travel mm -hmm. but i've always traveled with my backpack and as close as possible with the reality of, of the different countries and i would do this on on my holidays i would go two weeks three weeks four weeks as much as i could for a destination and try to learn it a bit learn about it and travel in this uh, country and then once once i met uh, people who were going around the world and uh, they, the, the beautiful thing about traveling is the people who meet, you meet and actually challenge you uh, to do something different. At the time, it, this was not known, this was not popular in Portugal. I have not met anyone who have done it before. And I was like, okay, this is possible to do. And, uh, and so the idea starts staying on me and say, well, why not? Why not just... Uh, uh, instead of going every year one month or two weeks or three weeks to a destination, why not take one year out and do a lot of them and just be one year traveling and go to all the places I always dreamed to go. And um, so this in my mind and then at the moment where I was in, in, in changing companies and, and I said, okay, this is the moment to go before. And this is why just my, in my innocence I thought it would be just one year and then I would can come back to Portugal and be a normal guy again, and it, that was not possible. <laughs> <laughs> but, but João, I'm very curious. What about uh, financially? I mean, how how did you survive for three years? Ah, uh, the first first first. I must tell you, when I was when I'm working, I'm a hard worker. So when I was working in the corporate business, I did make money. I'm not ashamed to say that. But I worked so much. I had no weekends, I, I was completely devoted to my work, so, and I was well paid. And that allowed me to save money for the first, first, first part of the trip. Mm. The point is, when you travel uh, with, with euros, because that's also important, the, the coin was already euros at the time in Portugal, and it's a very strong coin, and that means that in many countries you have a lot of, um, you can spend very few, very less. So, you actually can can go around because it's it's I, I could stay in a in a family room i could stay i could eat with if you eat on the street if you eat with the people it's not as expensive 
as um, as you could uh, imagine if you just the same if you calculate it by the prices of Portugal, for example. And and I just I just move on. I I did take some jobs along the way, but uh, just just to for example in exchange of accommodation and things like this. But um, it was not not as expensive as as I would as, as people would imagine because most of the big expenses you have when you go traveling are for example the flight um, when you stay in, uh, in, in activities when you stay in, uh, in uh, expensive hotels all this if you just uh, go with time if, if you just have time and that means having time to you don't need to book a fast transfer you don't need to you, you have time you can you can actually you don't spend as much money as when you have a short short holidays it's a different it's a different mindset it's a different different uh, way of traveling so okay. yes then i could do it then of course uh, one day i had to work again and the point is that i i could have went back to the corporate world but i had already seen too much of the world to go back to it so i i wanted to make um, a difference i was i learned a lot on my around the world tour I was. Uh, I know people who actually travel and do volunteer work, short volunteers. Mm -hmm. I've never. I've never done that. I think you need to um, stay long to have a good effect on on the on the people you touch with your work. And I um, and I was so during my my traveling, I I I was just learning and observing. So after that, then you really feel inside you the need to do something and if you have the skills of uh, managing skills from the corporate world science skills from my academic background it was actually I would say easy to find a job in the corporate world in the um, cooperation and then from then on to um, to to fill that gap to have this feeling of okay I've I've done my share and um, and, and that is a great feeling you don't need, you don't need to do much you just need to to put what you what you know what you've learned mm -hmm. to give back it's just that and give it a little bit back and uh, and if you can if you can do that then then uh, you, you feel happy um, so I, I was, I was I, I'm very proud about my um, all the all these projects I, I've I've been I'm happy that my people who work with me uh, students they still come back to me for advice. I love that. I love this feeling, this idea that okay, um, it's all about people, and 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 it's all about people and what you learn and what you share. And if you have a life with with people, different people around you, what you learn from them, what you share with them, what you can celebrate with them, that's uh, that is a very meaningful life. That's uh, I feel that very much. So the, the team that you have now in Portuguese and Viagem, uh, Portuguese traveling, are these people that you met along the way? That you somehow were related to? Yes, most of the, 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 the so foreign, uh, foreign, foreign people who work with me are people I've met on my trips and I, that I can trust. The, the, and they are friends and, and you have to you really need the strong and reliable people on, on the different countries because they are determined to make sure the success of your, of your project and that, that also takes some work 
because different culture with the, in different cultures you work different ways. So if I work with I work with people in India, it's a different culture. How you make business, how you make agreements, it's completely different to do that in Iran or in Iceland or or in South America, and and that actually is a skill I developed and I I enjoy very much to um, enjoy very much to to learn and to manage. Um, in Portugal, my team is mostly freelancers, because I re soon realized that if I could, if I, I could, a starting project, I could not hire the best. I could only pay short salaries, and that means uh, we have a saying in Portugal that is, if you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. If you, <laughs> if you want to have, if you want to have uh, the, the not the best, but really good people at what they do. It's better to hire them for specific missions. So I, you do a great website, I hire you to do my website. I pay you for the hours you work, I pay you for the website. Most important thing is that you really need a very reliable team. <laughs> the most important thing, you really need a reliable team on the different countries because your, your, um, your, uh, they have the local, the local knowledge of for example, the political situation, the safety uh, evolution. Sometimes the roads are closed. All this, all this knowledge, local knowledge. You have to have them. You have to make sure that 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 things go well and the safety of your guests. Uh, they are determinant for it. And and these these are people I've met. I started with countries where I've worked, and people I've met on the on the local countries, and I work with. And it's the the secret. A little bit the secret is is actually is the trust between them and me. Uh, they have to trust me, and I have to trust them. And, and this is actually quite beautiful when you work in so many different countries and so many different cultures, because people are different. And when you make business or you make an agreement, or you have to solve a problem in India is different than if you have to do it in Iceland or in Iran or in South America. All cultures have their own codes. People express their trust or they express their uh, disagreement in different ways, and you and you need to work with people. You need to work them in all their own concepts and cultures, and that is challenging and it's fun. In Portugal, most of my the people I work with are um, I, I instead of having a, because it's a starting project, you cannot pay high salaries, so you cannot have the best. So I prefer to have the best and hire them for, for example, pay them for the amount of hours they work for us, pay them for uh, for the projects they conclude, and based on that, um, ensure um, quality. Uh, because if you pay very small salaries, you get like people learning or rookies or inexperienced, and then the outcome is not quality. So it's better to go for the best and pay them fairly for what they actually do. And this has been kind of the structure that which I defined the company, and it has worked until now. So, uh, so this is how 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 I um, define it, define it or or build it. So, how many years now has uh, Portuguese Portuguese in viaje? Uh, now when did you start the project? Five, five years. Five, five years. Five years. And I've been on it full time. That's also important. So it's it's not a part time thing. It's full time. Mm -hmm. Myself, I'm full time. The only thing I'm, I'm, I bring people in according to the needs and according to the different uh, objectives we have, mm -hmm. and 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 yeah, and it works fine. It's, but yeah, 
but this is five years of uh, taking people, uh, Portuguese people, all over the world. Okay. So, so your clients are all Portuguese. Are there foreigners who live in Portugal and they want to visit places or are only Portuguese so far? My clients are based in Portugal, but yes, I had some clients who are not Portuguese. But the majority, 97% are Portuguese people who want okay. to discover the world and try some, something. Mostly are people who have um, traveled in other ways and they, are, they, they feel they want to try to do it in a more authentic, adventurous way. And these usually are my clients. So they, they want to, they like the idea of going local, of staying in local places, in, in traveling in, 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 in the trains, uh, and not just in a private bus, in a five-star hotel, this kind of thing. So a lot of people, they just felt the curiosity to try this. And these are my, my clients. So just now you organized one to Sweden, correct? Yes, I'm. I'm called. I'm. We are talking from Sweden. I'm talking. Uh, yeah. So uh, tell me about it. How how many people were there in the group? Uh, we had uh, four people in the group. Uh, usually, maximum is uh, minimum is four. Maximum is eight. We had four because people are afraid to travel because of COVID. Uh, we had also a group in Italy. Another four people. We don't have many, uh, usually our groups are between 8, 10, sometimes 12, we had it in the past. Uh, we don't take more than that because if you have a big group, it's not authentic. So if you go to a, a family, you have that so many in Goa. If you go to a small restaurant, family restaurant with 8 or 5 people, it's fine. But if you entered with 15 or 20 Portuguese people, it stops. If it's a real small family restaurant or a real small uh, family cafe many times it's, it stops being authentic it would be you need for example for 15 people you need to make a reservation you could not just show up and mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's important to keep the group small to ensure um, not only that uh, that the experience is authentic but also now with all the rules that actually it's safer that that you that you do that you keep it in, in a small um, small numbers mm -hmm. So yes, so yes, we are here. Uh, we are. Um, we could not uh, because of the all the the COVID situation. There's a lot of uh, countries that we are waiting to open so that we are allowed to work again on them. Um, and what the challenge was to, based on on what's happening now and the different regulations and the evolution of the situation in Portugal and and the different destinations to uh, work with which which countries we can go and 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 what can these countries have in the concept of of our concept of local of adventure of um, authentic can offer that is uh, attractive and that can can um, um, can move people to to come and i think we've been successful to do that i think actually maybe i'm wrong but i I don't know any other uh, travel agencies who still are running groups, um, uh, adventure travel agency running groups like like we are in Portugal at least. <laughs> I guess so. Since March, how many uh, how many uh, trips you have made? Not so many. But uh, first, the the idea is not the amount we do. The idea is that we are not giving up. That's the point. Yeah, very much. That's why I really admire that when I saw you in Sweden, say, wow, in the middle of all this 
crazy world how he are <laughs> wine feeder is superb yeah the, the that that is the point is is not so first first of course like everyone else we are completely uh, blocked okay we had to stay home and then we had for for we thought it would be a short period but realized we had the so many tours booked until the end of the year and such realized that these destinations will not happen so what we decided was to go for the countries where we are sure and that we can people take so that people remain trusting in us so we we the people who are saw their their um, trips cancelled they get a, a refund or they get a voucher of the same value they can use to go as soon as the the the, the pandemic problem is over but until then we only open new tours and you only have vacancies for tours that we are sure it will happen and that means why can we be sure it has to do with the evolution of the disease in the countries it has to do with with the, the evolution of the disease in portugal about the legislation and how pragmatic and and uh, logical it is to do so it doesn't make sense to go to a country where you cannot visit the main attraction it doesn't make sense to go to a country where public transportation is not running or restaurants are closed mm -hmm. so when everything is in place and where travelers can go without being the risk without having to do quarantine for example mm -hmm. and in countries that the european union has signaled as safe to go um, and then we are there mm -hmm. if countries is, are not on this list so not the european union has kind of a list of countries where you can travel for non-essential tours non-essential tours is that i'm not going to to visit a parent, my parents, I'm not going to work there. It's uh, tours that we actually like the ones we do. You go for adventure, you go for fun. Mm -hmm. And these are a restrictive list of countries. And and then according to how is are the rules in these countries and how are the, um, the, the how practical are the, what they demand for you to travel there, mm -hmm. then we define the destination. But the idea is to, and it has worked, we want our clients to be sure that if we, if I sell you now a tour, after being like so many people had terrible experiences of seeing their holidays cancelled, of seeing their flights cancelled uh, last minute and these kind of things, that we want, we don't want people to go through that again. And uh, to, to build on the trust and to build on the image of responsible company who actually delivers what what's promising. and. And uh, yeah, and and I think this is this is the way to go. Um, instead of uh, moving on to another concept of of uh, of um, like just traveling inside Portugal or uh, of um, uh, designing um, or pretending nothing is happening and trying to keep selling Thailand or or things like this, which everyone knows that so soon are not um, or that the situation is not clear and solved. Um, that's not honest, and people know this. Notice this, um, but but if you, for example, in Sweden we went to see the Northern Lights, which are an incredible spectacle, uh, incredible show. We used to go in Iceland. In Iceland now it's not possible to go because they test people on arrival. They ask confinement after you arrive. They do a second testing after a few days, and then you can you're allowed to to travel. Mm -hmm. This is not practical for a travel agency. It's not possible because if you 
test positive, what will happen? Will all the group stay in confinement? Because one person was sitting on a plane near to someone who tested positive, it's not really practical to do. Mm -hmm. uh, Norway also asks for confinement, so, so we start Sweden. In Sweden, in the north, you can see the northern lights. Sweden does not ask us Portuguese people to have uh, confinement or testing. And it's an incredible country to travel. And we did saw the Northern Lights, and I'm very proud of that because we actually were faithful to our clients who really wanted to see the Northern Lights this year, and they could do it if they wanted. They could, they could come and they could see it, um, and and I think this is the way to go. So you work with what you have, um, but you don't give up, and uh, and it, it's important not to give up because the world needs the world cannot close down no matter what they say. We, we cannot go back to a world that was... I, when I started traveling, it was not fashionable. It was, it, it was not a trend. There was no Instagram. People were not doing it to take a selfie in this place. It was not egocentric activity. So the, the, the traveling has, has changed society. It has bring... In, in Portugal and in Europe at least, it has, it has bring us all together. Uh, Erasmus, for example, has, has bring change generations of young people all over Europe mm -hmm. um, and it has all this in the all starts with openness it all starts with traveling with moving around there's a lot of other issues in society changed um, and evoluted because of traveling you don't it's hard for me to someone came and justify um, to sell me that uh, Spanish are terrible or Moroccans or, or, or Iranians or Indians or whatever because all the prejudice fall to the floor when you've been there. So this is essential. It's not just a luxury. It's essential people that, that people travel. But travel, but, but we can reimagine if the world is going to be reimagined with these pandemics or after these pandemics, it's possible that reimagine a world where travel is not so common. Mm. Where people, it's not fashionable, it's not uh, considered safe or a good thing, because the world, the society can be imagined in many ways, not just the way we've, we've learned it until now, and and so I fear for that, and I, I fear for uh, more, after the pandemics or during the pandemics we became more isolated countries, and that 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 can only be bad for all the other human issues that when you travel opens you, you become more tolerant, you become informed, you become more aware of the problems, of environment problems, for example. And and this is completely different when you leave it yourself than when you just saw it on a 10 minutes, uh, new, uh, one minute news on the newspaper or on the, on the TV. So if you go to a place and actually you see I, we saw it now in Sweden, someone complaining about the, the global warming. But when you actually, it's not a documentary. It's someone we've met who's complaining about the lack of snow and how this affects his farm and how he affects this. And it's a strong experience. It's not just a, a person, it's not the intellectual discussion. It's something that is personal, it's something that you saw. Um, so traveling is essential for the human human being. We can either evolve as a world together, 
as a society and as a world we cannot be uh, uh, there's no future for the world if we don't travel if we don't mix if we don't go and learn it's essential all terrible things started all dictatorships all uh, fanatic religions they all start with isolation they all start with isolation and too much pride on yourselves and that has to be broken and, and traveling is essential for that and as much as I can with my little project I'll do that I'll push it as much as I can to have uh, to, to not to give up not to do tours in my own country not to uh, to exclude uh, from the from the adventure the possibility to, to interact with locals no you, you have to keep that you have to keep that you have to be aware that there are people who are at risk and they have to be careful we, we, we ask people and sorry we ask people who are um, group risk risk groups uh, old people and and or people who are for, for anything that really are kindly ask them to avoid traveling until the vaccine is available but 80% mm -hmm. of people are not old and 80% of people are not at risk and it's it's everyone who is not at risk I really believe we should move on to a better world and, and that includes keep on working keep on moving and keep on traveling and keep on learning and keep on sharing and so this is this is what, how, what I believe and the privilege of having your own project is actually you can push it in the direction you believe even if it's not popular or even if it's not the trend even everyone else now says okay we stay in Portugal it's safe and they start selling you going to uh, to the mountain in Portugal or to the beach in Portugal okay I allow everyone to do that but we Portuguese Viaging, we stay faithful to to what we believe we stay faithful to to the world we believe and um, let's see what happens but we'll do our share our little 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 share <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is great, uh, João. Um, we almost there up to our time. Tell me, tell me, uh, how, how can people uh, reach to you? Um, I, I will also share. I will also share in the description of the podcast. But I, I want you to tell me how to reach to you, how to follow your trips, if they are not still in your trips, but uh, they just want to follow or later on to book a trip. Tell, tell us how to do it. I will promise that now on I will I'll try to add some English on, on for example on Instagram but you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook mostly or email me. Mm -hmm. You can email me in any of the four languages I'm happy to answer. Um, but um, mostly on, on social network you'll find and you we try maybe not always but we really try that our all together our pictures our movies from our tours and they are, they translate our values mm -hmm. and the, what you can expect to mm -hmm. to have when you when you join our experiences mm -hmm. so uh, i would i recommend that just just go to the links you're going to share on on your podcast and 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 then say hi uh, either on Instagram or on on Facebook, it's always encouraging to have a hi from uh, from everywhere. And um, so, uh, yeah, please do. We'll be, I'll be happy to have news from uh, from uh, from India and um, and and from anywhere else. So yeah, so just just follow uh, your the links you're gonna put, and uh, we'll be happy to to answer you and to welcome you. 
I'm sure I will do it as <laughs> well. Well, uh, time is up. It was a real pleasure to speak to you, João, after a long, long time. <laughs> I think more than 10 years. <laughs> and, um, and I hope to meet you one of these days here in Go itself, where I am. In Go itself, where I am. Yeah, uh, you know, Goa was uh, a destination I was uh, preparing uh, to add. And I was, I was traveling to Goa uh, after I've done the Holy Festival last year because uh, yeah. the pandemic just started after Holy Festival and I just did Holy Festival in Varanasi and I was going to Goa and I would and try then? to meet you and, 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 and to prepare Goa as one of our destinations but unfortunately I had to go back home because the, comp the, the, the flights were starting to be all cancelled and something like this but yes we're going to meet Aww. again and uh, either <laughs> in Goa or in Lisbon and it was a pleasure yes. to uh, to listen to you and uh, I don't know people who are listening don't know we actually seeing each other on on Zoom so I'm 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 also happy to see you and uh, and um, it was a big big pleasure. Thank you, João. <laughs> Obrigada. Obrigado eu. And if you want to contact João Oliveira or you want to know more about his traveling, you will find all these details email. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, etc. on my website www.ctngo.org Under Travel and Learn, you will find podcast number one. Bye for now!